There were any number of people on Rurusk station whose work could be done at whatever hour seemed best to them, so long as the work was done in a reasonable time. Reet was not one of them. The private consultant he was meeting with presumably was one of them, but E had been inflexible enough that Reet had been tempted to refuse to meet at all. There was, after all, very little a consultant of any sort could have to say to him that could not be conveyed just as well by a text or voice message. But when Reet had begun to suggest so, the consultant had insisted. The meeting must be in person, and it must occur. Intrigued despite himself, Reet had agreed to the least ridiculously impossible time, and now he stood here, in this, this facility, which had looked like nothing remarkable at the entrance, aside from an actual human keeping the door instead of a bot, or people just coming and going freely as they did in most other places, but had turned out to be some sort of private lounge, filled with low tables and thick padded chairs and benches, and waiters, quiet and discreet, bringing food and drinks to the people sitting there talking quietly. Human waiters, not mechs or bots, just like the guard at the door. You are late, said the consultant, when Reet presented himself. He lounged in one of the chairs. Another person, a man, round-featured, brown-skinned, with light, close-clipped hair, sitting in the seat next to M. An empty bench faced them both. I messaged you, replied Reet, not entirely able to keep exasperation out of his voice. There was a pipe break. I couldn't leave until it was repaired. Surely they could smell the musty whiff of the pipeways on him. He had stripped off his thin coverall and shoved it into the recycler, but he hadn't stopped to shower because he had known he was late already and didn't want to be even later. He could have showered and just gone home. He could be in his tiny room, sitting on his tiny bed, eating takeout dumplings, watching pirate exiles of the death moons. Come now, Mr. Fluid, the consultant replied. These state-mandated jobs are all make-work. Engineers fix the pipes by mech, surely, or the bots can do the repairs themselves. Reet considered several answers, but rather than speaking, he turned to leave. Wait, cried the consultant. The man sitting beside him laughed. Perfect, he chortled. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. You are certainly a shan all the way through. Reet stopped turned back. I'm a what? Three hundred years ago, said the consultant. In Keroxane system, Lovehate Station was destroyed in... He glanced at Air Companion. Let's call it a particularly violent uh, civil dispute. The man beside him frowned. <laughs> a dispute? It wasn't a dispute. The Hikipi rebelled against their fen oppressors. The consultant made a placatory gesture. I'm aware of what happened on Lovehead Station, Reet cut in, and was suddenly struck with a disturbingly appealing vision of stepping forward, grabbing this man by the neck and biting into his cheek, teeth sinking into flesh. Impulse followed vision, but Reet kept himself standing, straight and still. Records were lost in the destruction, said the man eagerly, his agitation gone as soon as it had come. We'd imagined peeling off the man's skin, as though it were one of the cheap coveralls he worked in. What would he see? 
The man continued speaking oblivious. Centuries of history, of culture, of genetic data, of nearly everything, gone. All that's left is the records of a few of us whose ancestors left Love Hate Station years before, and of course, the Shans, the ancient Hikipi rulers of Love Hate Station, were supposed to have been destroyed long before that, but there have always been rumors that some escaped that destruction. Imagine if we could find them, the descendants of the Shans. What would that do to the struggle against the Fen?'